All HCPs participating in this podcast are paid consultants of Johnson & Johnson Surgical Vision Incorporated. Product indications and safety information will be available at the end of the episode. Hello, my name is Rana Jaraha, and I welcome you to our third episode in Fine Tuned, a special series on presbyopia correcting IOLs. Today, we have with us Dr. Daniel Chang of Empire Eye and Laser Center in Bakersfield, California. Welcome, Dr. Chang. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. I'm excited to have you today because I know you have a unique viewpoint on presbyopia correcting lenses. Let's get started. Sure. So as physicians, our creed has always been guided by the Hippocratic Oath, uh, the concept of above all, do no harm. So our primary motivator with presbyopia is, is that we don't want our solutions to be more problematic than the disease state itself. And more specifically, we don't want patients coming back to the clinic and complaining to us about night vision issues after we implant a presbyopia correcting lens. The easiest way to deal with potential patient complaints is just to avoid them altogether. And the vast majority of cataract surgeons are doing just that, avoiding the complaints by sticking to monofocal lenses. The problem with that is we don't see the problem of the other solution, multifocal or bifocal glasses. If you look at the studies, elderly wearers of multifocal or bifocal glasses are more than twice as likely to fall. In adults over the age of 65, 28 to 35 percent sustain at least one fall per year. In the elderly, it is more than suffering just a little bit of embarrassment. Falls can lead to fractures or head injuries and are frequently a predisposing factor leading to long-term institutional care in these older people. In fact, in 2014, there were 29 million falls, resulting in 2.7 million ER visits, 800,000 hospitalizations, and over 27,000 deaths. One out of three of these falls can be attributed to multifocal glasses, and that really tips the scales in terms of the risks and benefits of presbyopic IOLs. The problem is, we eye care professionals don't have to deal with the results of not taking care of the patient's presbyopia. If they fall, they don't come back to us and complain. They don't go back to their optometrist who gave them the bifocal glasses and complain. So the risks are really removed. Even if you are academically aware of the fall statistics, you don't feel the impact in your practice, so it is easy to dismiss. It's important to realize that every single treatment for presbyopia has a side effect, some more bothersome to patients and some more bothersome to us. I would argue that some side effects cause more damage than others, so even if they were removed from us as surgeons, we need to be very aware of them. For me, I would rather implant a presbyopic IOL in a patient and perhaps coach them through the stage of halos and glare as opposed to send them out with bifocal glasses. Those are some really interesting statistics. How do you explain the risks and dangers of bifocal glasses to your patients? I have incorporated that information to my basic cataract consult. As I show patients an eye model, what a cataract is and what IOL options we have, I tell them that the basic monofocal lens will typically require them to wear reading glasses and likely bifocals for their best vision. Then I tell them that bifocal glasses can increase the risk of falling. A lot of my patients are like, oh yeah, I've fallen before or I'm, I'm, or I'm afraid to fall again. Then I tell them that they can potentially reduce that risk significantly by not wearing bifocal glasses and that I have lens implant options that may help them to achieve that goal. Got it. Okay. And then how do you go on to explain and differentiate the importance of intermediate and near vision to your patients? I tell them that if they want to see basically anything that they can touch, that is intermediate or near vision. Anything you try to read passes through intermediate before it gets to near. That's the natural continuity. I feel that is the way we should restore it to our patients. A multifocal eye can be awkward because it provides good distance vision and then good near vision, 
And then there's a drop-off in the intermediate vision, which is not natural. Some people can adapt to it, but it's not what we're inherently used to. When we're able to look at a computer or a tablet and then transition seamlessly either to distance vision or near vision and not have to hunt for reading glasses, that's what really improves your quality of life. Sure. Okay. Can you talk about contrast sensitivity and why it's such an important factor when you're recommending a lens for your patients? Sure. Believe it or not, contrast sensitivity is actually more important to patients than visual acuity. The problem is that there isn't really a great way to measure contrast sensitivity clinically. Our vision is based on our ability to see edges. So the better we can detect edges, the greater we can distinguish the object, colors, etc. I think contrast is closely associated with our ability to function and how happy we are with our vision. While contrast sensitivity is always valuable, it's most valuable when our eyes aren't functioning at 100%. At the end of the day, when your eyes are fatigued or a little dry, or if you've developed an epiretinal membrane with age, your visual acuity may drop to 2030 instead of 2020. That's when having the lens with the best contrast sensitivity may potentially matter most. Yeah, that's an excellent point. All right, so moving on to the next step. Can you tell me how you explain the different lens options to your patients? Sure. When I'm discussing lens options with my patients, I try to focus on the possible outcome options instead of discussing specific lens options. I ask them what kind of activities they want to be able to enjoy without glasses. Do they want to wear glasses as little as possible for everything? Do they want to wear glasses just for distance activities or just for reading? Do they care if they need glasses all the time? I tell patients that I have lenses that will allow them to see better in the distance, but they'll need glasses to read. They can wear bifocal glasses, but I don't recommend them due to reasons discussed earlier. Or I have options that will allow them to see distance, intermediate, and near and not have to wear bifocal glasses. An additional advantage of these presbyopia correcting lens implants is that they don't have to tilt their head to find the right zone to see different distances. They will be able to see their computer and smartphone, look up and see out the window, and look down to see where they are stepping, all without blur. Then I remind them how careful they need to be with curves when wearing bifocal glasses, and many patients heartily agree from their own experience. I do emphasize the option of wearing glasses with technology like the Techna Symphony Extended Depth of Focus Lens. With the Symphony, they will be able to see to drive, to watch TV, and to see their phone. But if the print is really small or if they are trying to read in low light, they may still need some low-powered readers on occasion. I also tell them we can first implant the extended depth of focus lens in one eye, and then depending on their experience, we have options for different lenses like multifocals in the other eye to balance out the benefits and side effects of the first eye. What are some examples of low-light conditions that your patients might face? And how do you present the night vision symptoms that they could potentially experience? The low-light situation that is most critical is driving at night. The contrast between the bright car lights and the surrounding darkness is extremely high. On top of that, everything is moving and there are safety concerns. So that is probably the most difficult visual task a person does in the course of a normal week. Another common situation is reading a menu at a restaurant or other places without great light. Getting up at night to get a drink of water or to use the restroom was another low light situation we frequently face. So even walking outside at dawn or dusk, times of day without great light can be a concern. Whenever you are creating a range of vision, you're going to have some trade-offs. In the case of the symphony lens, there are some night vision symptoms or dysphotopsias. Specifically, patients may notice a combination of starbursts and halos around very bright lights. I had one patient describe it as a, quote, blinged out spiderweb, end quote. The key to this is preoperative counseling. I specifically tell my patients, you should expect better vision overall than you have with your cataract, but you may see some starbursts and halos, which look like spiderwebs in front of car lights. That is normal. Most of my patients say that they do have these symptoms, but they are not bothered by it. The key to this is preoperative counseling. 
I specifically tell my patients, you should expect better overall vision than you have with the cataract, but you may see some starbursts and halos which look like spider webs in front of car lights. That is normal. Most patients get used to them and do not find them bothersome, but some people are annoyed because they did not have them before. Most of my patients say that they experience these symptoms occasionally, but they are not bothered by it. The key is to bring up the issue preemptively, preoperatively. You cannot just ignore it and hope that the patient will be okay with it. I've implanted close to 600 symphony lenses and have only explained two, each for unique reasons, but essentially these two patients cannot deal with the night vision changes. But overall, I find the benefits of the symphony lens to be excellent, and I continue to feel that it is a great option for many of my patients. Symphony lenses provide excellent image quality at distance as well as at a continuous range of vision with no dips in vision. The night vision issues are definitely less than what can occur with multifocal lenses. Most importantly, I feel I'm improving my patient's quality of life and giving them a safer option than bifocal glasses. That's fantastic. I understand that you implanted the Techno Symphony IOL in your own mother. Can you tell me how her case went and how she's been doing? Of course. My mom was a low myope and likes to be able to take off her glasses to read. And like all of us these days, she spends a good amount of time on her computer and iPhone. I told her I could give her a range of vision that would allow her to see to drive and to work on her computer, and that she would likely see her phone, even if it means increasing the font size just a bit. I wanted to give her the highest contrast sensitivity with the additional benefit of seeing across a range of distances. For my mom, the primary convenience was wanting to wear her glasses less. In spite of her myopia, I felt like the safety with the Techno Symphony IOL was still good. So I implanted bilateral symphony lenses and she's done really well. There's a little bit of residual refractive error, but she doesn't want to have an enhancement, so she occasionally wears single vision glasses. My dad says she never wears glasses around the house, and she's happy with her vision, so I'm happy because she doesn't have to wear bifocal glasses. And a couple of months ago, I did cataract surgery on my mother-in-law. One could argue if that's a higher or lower risk situation, um, but I am happy to report that she has done well. I implanted bilateral symphony eye wells in her as well, and she's been very happy with that. Sounds like you made the right lens selection for her. Thank you so much, Dr. Chang, for sharing your experience and insight with us. Thanks for having me. This concludes our third installment in this special series on presbyopia correction with the Techno Symphony Extended Depth of Focus IOL. You'll be able to find all six podcasts here on iTube. Be sure to catch them all. Indications and important safety information for Techno Symphony, prescription only. Indications for use. The Techno Symphony extended range of Vision IOL model ZXR00 is indicated for primary implantation for the visual correction of aphakia in adult patients with less than one diopter of pre-existing corneal astigmatism in whom a cataractous lens has been removed. The lens mitigates the effects of presbyopia by providing an extended depth of focus. Compared to an aspheric monofocal IOL, the lens provides improved intermediate and near visual acuity while maintaining comparable distance visual acuity. The model ZXR00 IOL is intended for capsular bag placement only. Warnings. Patients with any of the conditions described in the directions for use may not be suitable candidates for an intraocular lens because the lens may exacerbate an existing condition, may interfere with diagnosis or treatment of a condition, or may pose an unreasonable risk to the patient's eyesight. Lenses should not be placed in the ciliary sulcus, may cause a reduction in contrast sensitivity under certain conditions compared to an aspheric monofocal IOL. 
fully inform the patient of this risk before implanting the lens. Special consideration should be made in patients with macular disease, amblyopia, corneal irregularities, or other ocular disease. Inform patients to exercise special caution when driving at night or in poor visibility conditions. Some visual effects may be expected due to the lens design, including a perception of halos, glare, or starbursts around lights under nighttime conditions. These will be bothersome or very bothersome in some people, particularly in low illumination conditions, and on rare occasions may be significant enough that the patient may request removal of the IOL. Precautions. Interpret results with caution when refracting using autorefractors or wavefront aberrometers that utilize infrared light or when performing a duochrome test. Confirmation of refraction with maximum plus manifest refraction technique is recommended. The ability to perform some eye treatments, e.g. retinal photocoagulation, may be affected by the optical design. Target emetropia for optimum visual performance. Care should be taken to achieve IOL centration, as lens decentration may result in a patient experiencing visual disturbances under certain lighting conditions. Serious Adverse Events The most frequently reported serious adverse events that occurred during the clinical trial of the Technus Symphony lens were cystoid macular edema, 2 eyes, 0.7%, and surgical reintervention, treatment injections for cystoid macular edema and endophthalmitis, 2 eyes, 0.7%. No lens-related adverse events occurred during the trial. Attention, reference the directions for use labeling for a complete listing of indications and important safety information.